Hello and welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. I am your host, Anthony Abbott. Um, it's been another crazy week in the CPL. Uh, we've had uh, Pamadaka leave Pacific, uh, James Merriman take over, uh, Lucas McNaughton, fair play to him, has shown TFC what he's made of and has got himself uh, a move there to the MLS. Um, we've had Atletico Ottawa sign half of the CPL. Um, we've had a couple of signings in Halifax. Yeah, it just seems to be like for such a young league, there always seems to be something happening and it kind of keeps everything interesting and keeps everybody on our toes. I want to give a special shout out to uh, Dylan Lawrence from Halifax Wanderers for the teasers that he's doing for uh, the Wanderers Wednesdays. It's, um, it's kept all of the uh, supporters in Halifax uh, on tenterhooks trying to work out uh, what's what's happening and who's coming in. So great job, Dylan. Keep it up. I also want to give a special shout out to very talented artist, uh, James Jansen here in Halifax, who helped uh, create and design uh, the new logo for the show. Um, he did a fantastic job. So if, you've any, if, if you need anything done, don't be afraid to reach out to James. We will have some new merch available pretty soon. This week's show is an extended version of our new section, The Last Call. Um, I am joined on this episode by Chris Duffin and Josh McKenzie of the Northern Corridor Supporters Group. They're a support group of York United um, that sprang up in March of last year. Um, so yeah, I just want to get a lowdown on uh, what's happening in York in terms of uh, footy and how the supporters group started, where the, the lads see the uh, supporters group going in the future and what a match day looks like um, because when we don't really travel to away games here in Canada so it's kind of nice to see what's, um, what's happening because a lot of the TV angles uh, don't help us to see what's happening in the crowd. So it was really good to catch up and um, see how they're interacting with the club itself and the fan base in York. If you want to follow the show, you can certainly do that on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Down the Pub Pod is our handle. Um, if you're an Apple listener, uh, please review uh, give us a five star if you can if you can't and you want to give us some feedback please do so just leave us a review and if you're a spotify person uh, give us a five star review if you'd like to be on the show and um, just reach out to to the show on the social medias and we can set something up and um, it's always good to um, reach out to new people um, as i said the last call is for you guys. So if there's anything you want to talk about in the world of footy, whether you're a fan of a CPL team, you're a Premier League fan, if if you're a Tottenham fan and you want to see the back of Daniel Levy because he's destroying their club, just reach out and uh, we'll work something out. So um, yeah, here is the two lads from the Northern Corridor. Um, enjoy the show and cheers. All right, Desperados, last call. I love what I'm being serious, I'm being serious. No, you see, no, you see, I'm talking facts here. Yeah. I don't do if buts and maybes, I do absolutes. And, you know, like if your aunt had balls, she'd be your uncle. But she doesn't, so she's not. Do you know what I'm trying to say? You know, it could amount to challenge even at the end of the game there when we're chasing them. It was just absolutely pathetic from Manchester United. It was absolutely pathetic today. 
welcome to this episode of the Down the Pool podcast. On this episode, I am joined at the bar by Chris Duffin, who is the founder of the Northern Corridor Supporters Group, who support York United. And we have day one York United supporter, Josh McKenzie. Welcome to the show, lads. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's my pleasure. It's always nice to find out how um, the league is so spread out all over the country. It's very difficult to know what's happening in each little pocket of the country where the teams are. So it's kind of nice to catch up and see what's happening in New York. So um, the the first question I have for you is like uh, in a city with obviously very prom- prominent sports teams, uh, how and why did you both become York United supporters? You know, I wanted a connection to a local club. I wanted to, to feel something a little bit more than TFC. TFC always, to me, was a little bit more commercialized and a little bit more forced. And when the CPL came along, I got really excited. And being from the York region, it was something that I could identify with a little bit more. Because Toronto has a lot of people who are from York region that tend to say they're from Toronto. And I never was one of those people. I was just from York region and I wanted an identity. And finally, a club came around that would represent that for me. Nice. And have you always been a like a football fan or always? Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. Um, were you like a, a TFC fan, or did you follow the Premier League back in England? Or? I did follow uh, TFC from the start of that, um, and I do a Prem team, uh, Arsenal, and uh, yeah. <laughs> what is it with Canadians and Arsenal? It's it's disgusting. It really is. Um, so yeah, you, you're done. It's going to mute you for the rest of the call. Uh, <laughs> Chris, uh, what about yourself, man? Yeah, I mean, well, the long story short for me is I just, I grew up in a hockey family, um, pretty typical Canadian. Um, and, uh, there's, there's, I'm, I'm, I'm the first <laughs> football supporter in my family that I'm aware of other than, you know, whoever would have been back from, uh, from the UK, uh, generations ago. Um, and I, I just got disenfranchised with, with hockey. It just started to bore me. It just really cookie cutter copycat. And so I just took the plunge one day. And, um, obviously you start, it started with the English stuff. It's easy stuff to access. Um, um, Aston Villa supporter. I decided jumping on a, uh, bandwagon for a bigger club that was already successful just didn't have any value to it for me. Um, started following Villa the year they were relegated. Um, but realized, but realized quickly that you don't get to have a connection uh, with a club because there's nothing local, right? For me, there was nothing there. And, my wife and I moved back into York region after spending a few years north of here and found out about the club. And I was just, I was just thrilled that there'd be a local club in my backyard that I could follow. Not to mention the, the Canadian layer that's there, uh, for the Canadian content. And, um, that was it. That's all I needed after a few years of, of learning about the sport and just kind of falling in love with it, um, across the board, knowing I'd have a club I could go to, uh, and, and be there firsthand was just, yeah, it was just too good to be true. I never identified the TFC thing. I never living in Toronto proper, never really living inside the boundaries. It didn't really speak to me in any way. And um because this is in York region, yeah, it just it just it grabbed me right away. So, so I I definitely noticed that like you, you guys like really the York region thing is a big thing for you guys. Like, you know, you have your own kind of team now and you don't have to focus on TFC. So what what's like in the York region, like is there much buzz around the team? Because it's very difficult as I mentioned for smaller uh, teams, sm- smaller kind of uh, clubs like this to find a, a foothold in a huge city like that. And I know like you're not technically Toronto, but it, it is it, like you know that like here in Halifax you don't have any other major sporting teams apart from the Moosehead. So that was easy, I think, easier for the Wanderers to kind of tap into the city here. Um, 
So, like, what's 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 the, the buzz around the team and the actual York region itself? I, I mean, from my perspective, man, there, that was a huge problem with the team at the start with the Y9. Uh, a lot of our fans were TFC fans and York fans. And so when you go to a game, if TFC had a game on slightly at the same time, half of the supporter section would just be at the TFC. So I think that's one of the reasons for the rebrand. Um, I don't, I don't really think that there's a huge amount of buzz around the team being a York region team. I think they're sort of pushing it a bit more of a Toronto sense. But uh, that's why we're here is to represent the region and make it loud. Like it. I think there was I think there was this thing too that I don't like rehashing it over and over again, but really I, I lived here for the first season and didn't even know there was a club until there was two games left in the year and they were on the road. So the and that's the original regime that that was in the first year from a business point of view, uh calling the shots. Uh, some of those people have carried over with the current group and they're they're amazing at what they do, but the the focus just it almost it almost seemed like it had an "if you build it, they will come" approach to that first group, and and with uh, the sort of new direction of the leadership that's there now with with the group, it you're seeing uh, immediately you saw an, an increase on social media and those sorts of things going on. But I don't think it was marketed heavily enough in York Region in the early days, and then you have the pandemic interrupting the second season during the rebrand. And to be fair, it, I think they haven't had time to get a lot of traction in the region. To see how much buzz there really will be, um, just because of how uncertain everything's been. Yeah, like I, like things like this stadium capacity being reduced and, and stuff that doesn't help. Because um, like like from from my perspective, like watching the games on TV, all all you ever get to see is where the running track used to be. So you know, yeah. you, you never the woods. Have, yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's like there's a weird kick offense, you know. And then it's yeah. like it's like you're watching like a like a game in a prison or something. And then it's the same with I, I, it's the same with like Atletico Ottawa and stuff like that. It's the same, it's the same with Winnipeg. It, like it's just, I, I think like one soccer has an awful lot of things like that. I think the clubs need to talk a bit more to them and say like, listen, we need cameras facing you guys because like yeah. you, you hear some drums in the background and then you don't see anything, right? Yeah. You just think like, is there anybody there? <laughs> you know, it's, if you if you if you go on on like the the sites that you're to go on, there's a, a few photographers and, and look, there's we're there and and we're putting on a show, but yeah, it's 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 a beautiful stadium for what it is for one stand. Um, it's 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 really nice, and a lot of people who have never been there or only seen a TV show, they're like, "Wow, like they, I didn't realize it was this great a facility." But I've sat in the stands with football friends of mine who are in, for example, the TV business, and they're like, "I we could easily just put a scaffold on the other side, put a camera on it, turn it around, and face it stand." Yeah, it's it's so random. So so I mean, like for yourself, then Chris, like, um, how, how did you go about like? It's one thing being a fan. Creating a supporters group is a whole different beast. So, how did you go about starting that? And then, Jay, like, how did you uh, get involved yourself, and how did you become a member too? Well, Jay, I've known Jay since York Nine. Um, Josh, sorry, um, I call yeah, yeah, Jason. Yeah. So, but I mean, there's, there's, um, obviously, when it was York Nine, there was an original supporters group involved who were extremely passionate about York, uh, York Nine as a club with that name, um, and true to their word. Uh, after the rebrand, they, they, they weren't interested. Um, and, and it's, it's difficult, you know, it's difficult to, to be in those shoes because that was their identity. Uh, they were very tied into that brand and that identity and it was important to them. And, um, so, you know, it kind of left a void there and, and, and I appreciate that. But for me, it's also having children being a football fan, the idea of there being no, no backing for the club at all, uh, I don't, I'm t- when I was sitting here on a Saturday in March, I think it was, 
and I just came up with the idea for the name and I just created an Instagram page and just started putting stuff out. And then slowly it just started to get reactions and people started reaching out and it, it just kind of, it snowballed really when people at the club figured out it was me. And then I got a message from Josh and he's like, Hey, is that, is that you? And, and it just sort of, that's where the connections started to be made. I just wanted to see what reaction there was. And, um, but it was important that it was, it was York region centric. Cause you could tell that the Toronto market's important. The club wanted to and needs to tap into, especially that Northeast corner of the city that's the furthest away from TFC's ground, you know, and, and, and a lot of those communities are East York, North York, York. Um, is, is, is the name of those, of those, those individual communities within Toronto. And, but yeah, it was important to have something York centric. It was sort of what it was. And it just, yeah, it just gathered momentum from there. And, and yeah, Chris kind of, oh, sorry, I was going to say Chris kind of summed it up like, uh, he was a York region guy. I was a York region guy. We had kind of similar experiences. Uh, we saw each other in the supporter section and reached out to him and hopped on board. So you kind of have the, um, the cooperation thing with the, is it the center of the universe or another support yep. group. So how did that collaboration kind of come about and what sort of things does actually collaborate on? Uh, for, for, I mean, the initial communication was, um, they've been around for a while. I guess they, they originally formed to try and convince there to be a CFL, CPL team in Toronto. Um, and then they've sort of quietly been in the background and, and sort of followed along with it. And when the rebrand happened, they, they sort of became a little more prominent and one of them, like they commented on something I posted one time, uh, cause it was sort of a surprise that we, that we appeared out of nowhere because we were kind of just suddenly there. And that's where the interaction started with a couple of the, uh, the, the guys who were responsible for that. And the collaboration's kind of taken off from that day. They are very downtown Toronto or York region. So we kind of cover a lot of territory. Um, ideally, hopefully it's sort of bridging those two fan groups together. Um, especially on match day in the stands, you know, uh, that's, that's really important for the atmosphere. So, so are you guys like, uh, gonna like make flags together, like, like TIFOs and all that kind of stuff? Or like, what's the, what's the plan? Like, obviously, like, hopefully, like this year we're gonna have full stadiums again. So is that, what kind of ideas you guys have to bring a little bit more noise to the, to the York Land Stadium? This is Josh's wheelhouse of the TIFO. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. uh, I uh, I went to art school, so I definitely think that the TIFOs are going to be uh be showing up every every game. Hopefully, we can get the people to come out and paint them. And I do think that there might be a Save Tulsa Park banner showing up from our <laughs> yeah. <running. laughs> yeah, a bunch of us have taken on with uh, with Shelburne, uh, you know, to uh, it's sort of in camaraderie because I mean he's 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 following our club as as somebody as somebody who had a had a club as uh, you know growing up. And, uh, there's a lot of parallels between those leagues. So that, that's kind of made a connection there. So ideally we can get them to catch on with us. But the TIFO is something we've talked about trying to get it shared across. Uh, one of the things that has come up is, uh, I know we floated the idea of a joint banner with them, um, when we went down to Hamilton and, and set our bus up, the theme, whole theme was the Venga bus. And yeah. so we've had thoughts about <laughs> ideas like that being involved and, you know, the things that trying to tie TIFO into things that we've done as, as a, as a large group. But at the same time, we want to represent our, 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 you know, our, our portion of the fan base as well. Um, with some of that. So there's been some plans around that as well. I, I love that, uh, that, the idea of like, um, touching in with like, uh, Shelburne and stuff. Like that. That's kind of nice. Like, oh, a little side piece. And they'll probably make Ronan cry if he's ever do a, a TIFO. So, uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to see that, that someday. Cause I, I grew up not far from Talker Park and it's, 
was a big part of me growing up too. I've been there like many times and I played once or twice in the in the in the ground and um to to see it like kind of go is you know development is one thing, but like you can't just keep knocking down things that are important to communities, you know. Especially um, club history. Yeah, exactly. You know, and uh, like you guys will like obviously the club is is new, but you know, like for those people as you mentioned, like the York Nine people, like that meant something to them, right? And it's like sometimes when stuff changes. You kind of lose people along the way, unfortunately. So, um, so, so, have like obviously you've got to. Well, hopefully you've got to go to some games. Uh, when, when football was back. So, what, what, what's a game day like for you guys? Or what's, what, like, what's your build up? Uh, do you go for beers beforehand? Do you set up some banners at the stadium? What, 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 what's a, a game day look like? We have a spot in a parking lot. That's kind of there's no, there's no pub. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's no pub, yeah. and there's nothing around open before a game comes at the university. Uh, so we all congregate at a TTC parking lot that we sort of have a little section of our own and everyone sort of pulls beers and hangs out beforehand. And then we usually do a march for the match from that spot. So we have our flags and we have our smoke and we'll go walk to the, the, the match through that and light those smokes off and have the flag and drums going. And then when you get there, you sit down and get your balty pie and start hey, uh, getting ready hey. to sing. One of the interesting things about it too, though, is that with how short notice there was for the season with a rebrand and with how little time there was to prepare. A lot of what's happening is very organic and it started very small and really quiet, to be honest, like not, not a lot of atmosphere. Um, but what's been really rewarding about it is that everything that's going on there, none of it's forced things. We just try in the stands. Some, some things catch on, some things don't. There were really no marches early on. By the end of the year, there was, we were, Walking around the, the, walking through the forest, and we just had the jail fence with our flags and our smoke, and, and we got drummers, and 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 yeah, you know what? There are other more established supporters groups by far. I mean, we're we we were a year we're a year old in March. This group and a half a year of meeting in person. Yeah, yeah I mean, and, and so you you're showing up, and and you have this void that was left by Generation Nine, and it, it was a void. They were the atmosphere and the noise, and and they were what was there, and. Um, that's a, I don't, that's a very challenging thing to replace because if you start to force, yeah, exactly. And if you start to try to force it or try to manipulate it, um, it's just going to come off as, as, as false, I guess, as, as plastic, you know, it's not, it's just not going to have that, that feel that, that, that makes it feel authentic and and real. I think that's a, that's, that's a big lesson for the clubs that like, you know, they kind of needs to be like, obviously you want to like be friendly with the club and you want to do whatever but you still need to have your own like little space away from because at the end of the day there is going to be a time when you're going to be critical and I feel sometimes here in Halifax that like we've almost gone uh too far where like the supporters groups are in fight with the um with, with, like you know I, I lo- everything in Halifax has been organic too trust me like it's been you know like like two, two or three people sitting in a pub and creating this whole supporters group of privateers and all that kind of good stuff. But I feel like sometimes there's a bit of it. There's not enough criticism sometimes of the club and what they're doing. And I think that's something that you guys need to be kind of maybe careful of is that, like, you know, Angus is a great person and he's doing whatever, but you still need to have that little bit of a, a gap with yourselves and the club itself. So, I agree. So, so, I mean, I mean, like, for for away games, like, do you guys, like, have a particular bar that you go to or, like, you just go off to your house, Josh, or what do you guys do for away games? 
my house is usually the after home game party. Uh, <laughs> I live pretty close. I live pretty close to the stadium. But uh, for Hamilton, again, like there's there's a couple of bars. We haven't had an established a bar for ourselves yet. There hasn't been enough people to really go for away days to be able to warrant that kind of thing. But we do do parking lot beers again before the game. There we have a spot across the stadium that we go meet up before and walk over. Um, and then. Like in Ottawa, we just started go, like we've only played Ottawa four times ish. I think that we could go to games. So the away days, I think most of us only went to one of them. So these are all the things that we're kind of going to approach next year to try to establish these sort of culture for the supporter group. We've uh, we've reached out to a few establishments and so on too, like uh like places around yeah. the area. The hard part was restrictions on, restrictions off, restrictions on, restrictions off. Trying to guarantee attendance and and again, the York region geographically is really spread out. Like it covers a lot of distance. So you, you know, and you have somebody like Ronan who's all the way up in Barry and you have people all the way downtown Toronto near the water, um, and spread all the way in between. So it's difficult in the way that like you, you would think about, um, a, a pub in the UK or Ireland where everybody's walking distance, you know, the, the club's away on the road and you all just kind of show up because you can walk and you can stumble home at the end. Um, <laughs> so a lot of it was virtual to be honest. And it's, it's an interesting tie into your comments about the, connection with the club because there is a struggle there to be to be close to the club and have that relationship but have enough space to do your job as a reporter which is to be critical when you have to be because they've been incredible like we, we essentially have done virtual pub days when the, cl- the club's been on the road and we've had angus on the calls uh we've had um you know people from from head office on the calls we've had um pitch side players, viewing warm-up yeah pitch side viewing warm-up roger thompson joined a call we've had um, wow. we just recently had a call yeah. around the draft, um, that Angus was on. Martin Nash was on the call. Um, uh, new signings were on the call. Um, so the club is very, very accessible, uh, very connected, but we have, I think, created a space that's ours. And we kind of do have a sort of no club employee rule in some of the chat spaces we have, which is only fair because people need to be able to voice their feelings and opinions in a way and get some feedback. To, before they they bring that out there and be able to feel if they want to vent because they don't like something that the club's done or said or and without you know worry about that reflecting negatively on them or affecting that relationship. But I think um, I think we've struck the balance we've been struck so far. We'll see we'll see how that goes as we grow and the club grows. But but it's it's you're right though. Like I mean like like when you get the thing is like when you work for like the, the clubs when you work for them obviously you've got a not only a vested interest but like you feel probably passionate about it and then when you hear somebody like bad mountain or having a criticism you take it very personally I think and I think that's a kind of dangerous mm-hmm. thing too you know and, and I love the fact that you're trying to just kind of identify that kind of gap that needs to be there so you know um uh so so you know for, for the club itself to speak like not to be critical but you know they are in a space with bigger clubs like do you have any do you guys have any recommendations you think that the club needs to do a little bit better to bring more people into the fold, as it were? I definitely do. Uh, I live pretty close to the stadium, and there's a huge population of immigrants in the area that I live in. Uh, that's very close. The The Driftwood Soccer League, which has produced national team players, uh, which is like a charitable league, is based here. And I haven't seen the club really reach out to this direct area around the stadium. It seems like they either went too far north or too far south. So I think that a lot of the marketing should be more specific around the stadium. So you can have people who can walk to the game because most of us are commuters. We have people coming from 
the you you won't understand the reference, but like like two hours away in Kitchener, or like an hour in Barrie, coming to these Nathan drives, you don't you don't get the same sort of feel of being able to walk to your stadium and being able to like go past it when it's not a game day and go, oh, I miss it. I wish I could be there. So it's something that I really wish that they would sort of push in that area. It'd be nice to see too. You've got obviously here in Ontario, we have League One Ontario, um, and it's it's unfair to compare um, an existing club going through a rebound in a pandemic with new people with a club that's launching and doesn't really have to spend money on the pitch or on facilities yet. So, you know, you'll see some of the clubs that have launched in that league where downtown cores have advertising and flags up and, and that sort of thing. And again, it's easy to say when you're not, you don't have player salaries yet. You don't, you, you haven't spent a, a penny on football. You've just spent your money on branding. But there is a lot of people who support this club, including myself, and um, believe that with the transit that exists in Toronto and with the focus and the idea of there is a subway station that is like literally across 30 seconds across the street from the stadium. It lets out right there. Um, the fact that, that you don't see a presence within that transit system, whether it's advertising space there um, to let people know it's there, um, and especially from the core around Vaughn, I think it's a miss. I mean, I'm not a marketing person, so maybe there's there, there are studies that have been done that show that that money is wasted. But, um, you know, there are some empty seats. So, you know, from my point of view, I feel like you, you, you turn every stone over, not, you know, not in theory, but in practice to see what the result is. Then if it doesn't work, then you know if that money's been spent poorly. Um, but again, since the rebrand, we've had two interrupted seasons, one not at home at all. So what are you going to market at that point? Yeah. Right. And one where we didn't know if we were going to have a season at home. Um, and then all of a sudden with the way the restrictions have been run, it's come on home boys, start the year. And everyone's scrambling around going, what are the, like, what are the, what are the games? What are the dates? And, and, um, so I mean, I, I sympathize with how difficult that would be to plan how you're going to run a, run, run something like that. So we'll, we'll keep our eyes open on and, and our, <laughs> and our, um, we'll, 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 we'll uh, We'll give them benefit of the doubt going into the season. We'll see what the results are like. I, I feel like, you know, like just from talking to Angus myself and having him on the show and stuff like that, like I feel like he's very open to, to stuff like that. And I think that like if you guys, you know, if they eventually have like a sort of fan forum down the road, I'm sure they'll take that all that kind of stuff on board because I feel like they are very accessible and mm-hmm. I think anything that's going to help them. Oh, they've been wonderful to us and taking our advice and asking our opinion on things. It's one of the nice parts about this club and why it appeals to me versus like TFC or something. I also think that's part of like what they should be selling too, right? You know, it's like, yeah. you know, For sure. if you're just two regular TFC fans, like, you know, how much does a big corporation that's in behind TFC actually give a crap about what the regular fan on the street, you know, whereas at least you guys, like, they have a vested interest to keep you guys happy because you're the ones who are doing part of the job for them by starting supporters groups and getting the club's name out there, right? So, um, yeah. yeah, like, and I think that, that, that'll probably come down the road where it'll be a fans forum and you guys can, like, uh, give your inputs. It's kind of nice. Uh, I, I was talking to Angus actually about the, uh, the call you were talking about in the drafting and, uh, your, your new sign and Dan, I'm going to say his name horribly wrong, Obicare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So. So I heard that he's already a legend without kicking a ball. I heard like everybody like thinks he's like the best person in the whole world. So what was it like having on the call? Yeah. He was very sweet. Yeah. It was a lot of fun having him on there. He was, uh, uh, the engagement level like right away. And I'll tell you, um, I guess the thing like we, uh, you know, on our socials, uh, you know, we kind of did a 
visual summary of the of the offseason so far. Um, tagged a bunch of players, and not even an hour later, um, Oliver Minitel messaged us, liked uh, liked it, and you know threw a welcome to the club out there, and he responded, said he's excited, and that kind of interaction from the players, like I mean, there's that's on, no one's directing him to do that. He's just he's just been tagged in that and, and responded. And we get that from again, not just the office, but the players. It, it's all there, and it yeah, it's. There's a, there's, there's a few legends on the team. I mean, it's, it's in that respect of their, of their, of their willingness to be there. Um, and just, just engage with us, have conversations. Uh, it, it's, uh, you know, I'll tell this, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story. It's, it's Capania, I think, right? Is how you say his name. He's yeah, a Vancouver yeah. Loney and he spent a lot of the year on the bench, but there was this thing that grew out of the stands with, well, <laughs> he has, he has, he has great hair. Um, great hair. Then, I'm I'm envious because I have virtually no hair left. Um, but he, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. So he has he has this great hair. So one of our one of our one of our guys brings in an empty head and shoulders bottle, and we start this song about the subs and and uh, and it's just basically that our subs are sexier than yours. And to the point where the to the point where the players are running on the pitch or running out to warm up, and you can see them waiting for it. Some of them are mouthing the words along to it as they sing to the subs coming on. Yeah, they're getting ready to and, flick their hair. Yeah. And, but, but credit to these guys. So Capania's a lone player, and the guy that has the bottle and starts the whole thing, he trades him his shirt for the soap wow. bottle, or for the wow. shampoo bottle that he had, the empty shampoo bottle. Like, that is amazing. Like, and that's the kind of fun stuff that goes on with it, right? Like, it's, it's, it's that kind of interaction that you see that they – they're listening. They're acknowledging. They're engaging right from the side of the pitch. It's. It's. I don't know if you see that. At the, I mean, I, I don't have any experience with TFC. Never been there. No, you don't I don't know if you're going to see that kind of interaction there. I mean, it's. It's that you feel that much a part of it. It's pretty remarkable. I, I must say, like that's that's through the whole league. I can I can honestly say, and I think a lot of it comes from. Um, for a lot of the guys, it's it's almost like not a last chance saloon, but it's like you know they probably would have drifted off somewhere and were actually having a chance to live mm-hmm. a professional footballer's life so I think they just want to soak it up an awful lot like, like, Oliver, Oliver Mintel is like a perfect example I mean like he broke his leg really badly like could potentially like have finished his career mm-hmm. and yet he's still going back to play football so it's kind of that's the beauty of the league in a way that you can keep like that like an opportunity to keep going right so and you have the local connections too like I mean we do we have a lot of players who are from in and around the, uh, the York region area and uh they're 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 all they're all they're all amazing it's 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 yeah it's you feel that connection because they are players from the local area and um that's such a huge thing for a club i mean you see it in clubs in the uk and 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 overseas where um you know a certain you know a certain number 10 for villa who i won't mention who was a legend partly just because of, of growing up with the club and being local we have players that are like that that are from the area and, and that's you know their local club they call it that and, and that's a big deal to them so it's a certain it's supporter left his beer in a player's car <laughs> or player's mom's yeah, car like, yeah <laughs> what? yeah yeah it's amazing <laughs> yeah it's great it's it, yeah it's 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 something else for sure i love it i love it i love it so you mentioned there that uh martin nash is on the call with you and obviously that was one of the big news yeah, over wonderful. over the uh the, the uh, this off season so um, how did you both feel about uh, Jimmy getting into the playoffs and then um, being asked politely to uh, not come back this season? <laughs> it's a mixed bag for me. I, I like Jimmy. I think that he did very well for the time he was there, and uh, like he had he done TFC two 
which I would watch. I used to watch TFC too, because I'm a weirdo. Um, so it, it was sad to see him kind of go. But Martin Nash also is an incredible coach, and uh, I'm very excited to see what he can do with these kids. And in my opinion, I think going for that youth level player that we're trying to do at York and, and have those those sort of younger established people and try to build them up, I think Martin Nash might be a better fit for that. So uh, I don't know. I, it was it was bittersweet. I'm sad to see Jimmy go, but uh, I, I would welcome Martin Nash to come in. I mean, Jimmy had the connection to the area. Um, you know, he was involved in founding of the club. Um, it, it, I think those are difficult connections to cut off. And I think it's, I think it's, it goes without saying his, his, his place in the history of the sport in this country. Yeah. Um, and so when you have, when you have a national legend attached to your club, it's always going to have a certain draw and pull to it. But I think we've also seen globally in the sport that there's a shelf life as a manager. And, um, I mean, how many clubs do you see it where, I mean, I'm not going to start comparing it to Chelsea, but I mean, you see clubs that are what's considered successful are, are competing at the top of the table at all levels and all, all quality of football. But if you're not getting where ownership wants to be or they feel like you've plateaued, regardless of your TV and, 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 and so on, it's, it's changes will happen if they feel like it's necessary. Right. So. Um, whether it's philosophy or just results, it's, it's, I guess it's just part of the game. So as sad as it is, um, you know, we got the future to look forward to and, and we're excited about that as, as well. Um, I, I, I definitely think, uh, as Josh said there that Martin Nash, like he's, uh, you know, he's part of the foothills and, uh, yeah, exactly. walked, along, walked alongside Tommy. So he has that kind of, uh, skill level of dealing with kind of young kids coming through. And like, I mean, your, your squad is like so exciting, you know, um, it always. I mean, like, just the added bonuses of, like, a Max Ferrari coming through and, like, um, like, Lowell Wright and stuff like that. Like, I mean, it's, it's incredible, like, the players that you guys have. And I think there was a, a time during the season last year when you guys were just clicking and, it, like, it was kind of, like, really coming together. And then it kind of just tapered off towards the end of the season. Um, like, I mean, I think he's, like, he was, he was as bad as Halifax. Like, he didn't win in the last eight or something like that. And <laughs> it was, like, Halifax and, and York are just trying their best not to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and yeah. I, I think that, that might have been part of the reasoning behind it. And I also think that you're looking at Ottawa right now, like they're bringing in players and they don't have a coach. So how many, how many players is Jimmy actually bringing in himself? Or how many is like the club bringing in with the idea that they'll fit a system? You know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. I'd love to get Jimmy on the podcast and hear. Yeah. Well, his opinion, but he probably would never tell the truth. Either. If Angus is really, Ferrari. what's that? I think Ferrari is Jimmy's boy because he's from Aurora. Yeah, but I mean, I've talked to Max a few times, even on the side. Like, uh, you know, uh, I really do get the impression from him that he sees the club as his local club. Like, he really is proud to play for the club, whether Jimmy's there or not. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, and it is a young group. I think you see, you, I think, I think just, just, just energy level, just, just. You got young players who were suddenly playing full seasons. I don't think, I don't think that, that the plan initially when Max came on board was that he'd be starting the entire year in his yeah. second year, second, his first full year, his second year in the league. A lot of young players getting, getting their feet underneath them and, and playing a full season. And, but I mean, as we said with the access to, to, to people like Angus, obviously he holds stuff back, but he's been also fairly forthright in his philosophy and like how he approaches recruiting and, and where he looks and, and, and what those are. And, I think you can see that there is a, 
a very calculated approach to what he does. And yeah, I think sure. it's a difference in, from the star power of a, of a big name manager to somebody who is breaking down numbers, analyzing what players bring to the table. I, I think that in a league at this level where you have limits and what you can spend, that's the approach you, that really you should be taking because you need to find the underlying results. You can't just go out and go and buy goals because goals are expensive. Yeah. You have to, you have to, you have to try and project those goals coming from somewhere. And, and so we'll see, but I, to me, it feels like the right approach in a league where you're limited with a cap and just your overall sure. revenue stream limits that you can spend. You look at like, um, Lucas McNaught has just gone to Toronto. You're seeing Mo Farsi go down to uh, MLS next or wherever the hell it is they're calling it. But like, are you, are you guys, are you guys, uh, are you guys prepared for that? Like when, you know, when the Max Ferrari like leaves or. 100%. You know, I want that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's both for Canadian to, players, I, right? Like that's Canadian players getting their opportunity. And that's, you know, like, and I think Josh and I have so many conversations about this, just one on one even about where that balance is between letting finding recruiting talent, letting talent go, but the revenue the club and the league needs to be able to build the, the league to the point where it's not it's not spending out of pocket, that it's actually spending money that it's that it's that it's generated. There's a there's a big danger because like in in Ireland right now, um, there's a lot of the young talent going to Scotland and there's like the the lower regions in England and stuff like that. And the the money that they're going for is not very much. And I think that's a danger the CPL needs to watch out that they're not letting talent go just for the sake of it to kind of, oh look, one of our yeah. players has gone to the MLS and rather than making sure they're getting their money's worth. Um, but I mean, like, like for, for you guys, uh, like, uh, just speaking of your squad and stuff like that, like, uh, you're obviously going to have players here that were promised last year and this year. Um, and they're actually going to be able to play this year, like, uh, uh, Cabrera and, uh, yeah. the, the wonderfully named William Wallace. So, uh, are you, are you guys excited to see these guys actually get to Canada and, and show you what they've got? Oh, for sure. We've been waiting for them for a year or more. It's, it's, uh, it's always that. One of the things that I think Andrew does a lot was that we, we made a plan to have these guys here and then they weren't there. And so that is a testament to Jimmy that he was able to produce a somewhat, we were always mid-table result and not having his full plan available. So. I don't know. Can't wait to see what they happen. I, I hope it works well with Martin Nash's philosophy. Because now that they're already going to be here, whether it's going to mix, like, mix with the new the new philosophy, we'll see. But I'm excited to see them. It does get glossed over a bit that 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 push to the playoffs with a young squad, but you also have players who were brought in last minute simply because they were available to fill those spots. They weren't the players that were necessarily first choice or scouted, and you, that's nothing against them. But to perform at the level that some of them did and contribute the way they did and not to mention that squad to, to, to have that kind of a result, um, um, to the season and, and to be in the playoffs for the first time, I, you know, I, I think it gets dismissed and glossed over a little bit. That's, that's quite the accomplishment on its own. Yeah, I think so too. It's, um, like, you know, you, you plan at the start of the year for X, Y, and Z and then everything is just thrown up in the air. It's, uh, it's very difficult to, to move your pieces around. But, um, were you surprised that some of the players that left? Um, as in like Alvaro and um, Julian Ulbrich as well. As well, were you surprised to see that, that those guys? Ulbrich, yeah. Rivero, no. Uh, I was surprised to see Engelbrecht. I was a bit bummed by that, and then seeing him sign for Ottawa today it makes it that much worse. <laughs> I think that there's a certain um, the thing is is that again the the transparency is sometimes there um, 
about again knowing the philosophy and, and understanding that it's not necessarily just about the player it's about what the future plans are it's about what the wage demands are it's about um yeah. who they what, the thing we don't get to see is who do they have their eye on the background i mean goalkeeper is a pretty difficult position because it's obviously a make or break position but um there's the whole idea of what they've scouted and what they've seen and what they're looking at and what their plans are from a cap point of view. And especially when you have that analytics behind it, you know, there's going to be those changes that go on. Albright, I guess a little bit, um, Alvaro, I mean, we didn't get a lot, you know, the, 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 the results, like we didn't get, there wasn't a lot of output there, you know, I mean, there was some energy and, and could come in and change the game, but you didn't, I'm, 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 I'm sort of at a loss to say what we really got out of that, out of that I mean, great player. I mean, in terms of the, Again, the energy change and so on, and, and, and the history, but I don't, I don't know if we really saw much there. And I think with him, I, I think sometimes you get blinded by the clubs where somebody's been at. So like, he was, yeah. there was a big yeah. Real Madrid connection. Yeah, I, I think yeah. It was either his first or second game, game he scored a really good goal. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of set like everybody's like, this guy's amazing. He's gonna do it, and it's a lot of pressure on you too. To absolutely, yeah. and, and then obviously scored that banger against us, which. Chris and Austin still have nightmares about, but, it, but it's like, it, 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 I, I think you're right. Like, I mean, like, I've, wa- I've watched them quite a bit, actually, and, um, it never kind of really seemed to, to click. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, click exactly. It's the same, it's the same like, with, like, with Nate Ingham. Like, I mean, like, you had, like, one of the best keepers in the league, but then you also had, like, Nico, who's also one of the best keepers in the league. And I just don't think that's sustainable where you've got, no. like, you no. know, you want to have that competition. But I don't think you can have two keepers that are so close together that it was going to break one way or the other. And I think that the sad part is Nate had probably his best year. I mean, some of the performances from him this year, and and on top of that, and it's just that's the thing. And and again, he's local. He's from like you know right like right near where I am. Like I mean, it's 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 uh that's a, it's tough. I think it's tough when they're local and they're connected to the community that way. And um, but it is too though. That's true. It's true. It's true. But it's also that original, that original roster. Yeah, the original roster. Like, yeah, hundred percent. I feel that. Man. He's he's a he's a he's a York Niners. So it's uh, <laughs> it's, it's those are those are tough to see them go, especially when they're. It's not like there's a decline there. The Players still really really good, and uh, but that's that's they, they've just uh, they've just rebranded the goalkeeper situation. That's all they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but but I think though, like like I think on one hand, like having Nico in the background pushed them onto that, you know, because he oh for sure, behind But then when Nico came in, like it was unfair on him because I think Nate got injured. Nico came in yeah. and did amazing, and then he got yeah. pissed as soon as Nate came back. Yeah, so it was kind of unfair a little bit on him. So it's kind of yeah. And to be fair, Nico's social media game and like personality is <laughs> yeah, next absolutely. to none. And, and they've got a podcast based around them, so I mean, it's kind of hard yeah. to get rid of the guy, right? It's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> got you five... do want, you, I was going to say, you do wonder though, like, if there's a connection, you know, cause, cause, you know, Nico was signed by Angus, Nate was there with Jimmy. It's difficult not to wonder, well, did Nico just keep getting dropped because Nate was Jimmy's boy? Like, it's, yeah. it's, you know, there's, there's, those are the layers we won't know. That's that, <laughs> that's that supporter club separation. That's that little, no that's man's the, land there, right? So that's the stuff we need to find out. So I know, I know, I know. <laughs> trying to get Jimmy Brennan out for a few points on that, trying to drag you in for a while. But from what I've seen, like Martin Nash seems like a more approachable gaffer than Brennan was. Like the, the interactions I had as a supporter from day one with Brennan was 
much more minimal than even Martin Nash coming on now and like you could ask him a question right away. Like, it was it was I don't know. It's the good to see the future. Oh, we celebrated every wave from the sideline like it was a goal. Every time we got a wave out of him, it's just like we might as well score a goal. He's so he's so Stoic. in it, right? It's yeah. stoic and straight lace that you actually get a reaction out of someone like that. <laughs> but well, uh he was he was there and accessible, but he definitely like his personality was not it's not an outgoing personality. Yeah. yeah, but when you're when you're a legend you kinda of have to be aloof as well, right? It's that kind of Roy Keane thing, you know? It's like uh, Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, like like yeah. Don't talk to Not when you don't have you the fan base. <laughs> now you don't have the fan base yet. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> the TFT you can do that, but when you're trying to draw fans in, but it's uh it's uh It is what it is. Yeah. So so what's the what's the plan now for you guys to uh get more members in? Like uh do you have like a, a social media strategy? I know I saw you post some stuff today which is pretty cool and um what's 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 the plan going forward? Yeah, I mean we uh it's all, it, it's growing as we go because as, as we sort of figure out what our, where our space is and what our footing is. And, and in some cases, because this is just, you know, it's, it's just us on our cell phones doing things. There's the, there's the, the learning curve that comes with that, trying things, what works, what doesn't. We've got some stuff that we'd like to, that, you know, that we'll, we'll probably put out there as we go along. Um, we do, um, we have talked about, for example, spaces on, on Twitter being an opportunity for us to try and interact and draw people in. So there's, there's been some discussion about, you know, taking advantage of that space, using that as it is. We're doing a, uh, we're doing a Zoom call for the, uh, for the Canada match tomorrow. So it's sort of a virtual pub night for that. We were hoping to do an in-person pub situation and plan that prior to the restrictions coming back in. So, um, you know, that was something we couldn't do, but at least we we're doing that virtually. And then yeah, as the season moves along, we're just going to sort of see see how things work in the in the in the off season. I know we're gonna plan some away day parties, some watch parties, that kind of thing, and try and make some connections with again, you know, some of these other clubs that are in similar leagues. That's where the whole Shelburne thing is. League of Ireland and Canadian Premier League, there's so many parallels there. You're playing in the shadow of a larger league. Obviously League of Ireland's got history that the CPL doesn't have, but um the parallel in terms of the fan base size and 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 what you're trying to accomplish trying to create space for, for, for homegrown talent and then also give them a platform to move on into, into bigger things. So, you know, we want to try and tie into that. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be out there, but it's, it's certainly an evolving thing as, as you, as you sort of learn what that space is. I, I, I think a big thing as well, you know, like the other su- supporters groups in the league are really approachable too. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that um, maybe you guys, I'm not telling you what to do, but it could be something you could tap in to see what they're doing because at the end of the day, like we're all here wanting this league to work and having teams like York, with, uh, not York, uh, Edmonton having 400 fans at a game, it's not sustainable. So we no. need Edmonton to work. We need York to work. So everybody's invested in making everything work. Um, so I think that's one of the great things about the league is, is that like I'm a Wanderers fan, you're a York fan, but we're all collectively CPL fans and we wanted to. Yes, exactly. Because we're in the shadow of that bigger behemoth that's PFE and Montreal and Vancouver. It's kind of nice to be able to come together and have our own thing, right? So, and so just to finish off, uh, so if somebody is mad enough to want to be a York United fan, um, and not a Wanderers fan, uh, where can they find you guys on social media? And, um, is there a membership thing? Like, is, 
to pay for it or just no, no. money just for whatever? What's Not the, what? this stage. If they if, if they message us over social, you can message us on 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 Twitter, on Instagram. You know, we're we're there. We're 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 vocal all the time. Even the club has you know they can reach out to the club and they can connect people with with where they want to be. Uh, the the best way to do it is to buy tickets and come on up to York Lions on match day um, and come join us in the supporter section. Uh, we're really friendly and uh, we just want to have a good time over there and, and get more people involved. But yeah, yeah, we're uh, they can reach us that way, um, social or just show up because. We need yeah. the people there. We, we I, need I, feel, kind of... I, I feel like Angus is behind your computer just with a, a board, like we tell you what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know what? You know what? All kidding aside, I will tell you this much that that is, that is not the case. We, we, ju- we are just as, we are just as serious about this club surviving, especially in this market as the people that work for the club are. Um, you know, it, it, it yeah, we do have great access to them and, and they make suggestions and, and we take some and we ignore some, but it's, that that's there, but the, the both parties have the same vested interest for different reasons. But at the end of the day, we want a club. We want this club to be here, and and that's just it's important to all of us. And I, I must say, like the just to talk like a little bit more about your what you said there about the season tickets and stuff. They've done a great job with it. like the pricing is incredible. It's so amazing. I, I was looking at it today. It's like it's you know if if you have a fam a young family and you don't want to pay the money to go see. The Leafs or TFC or the Raptors. It's a pretty cheap day out, you know, and uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, and you get to eat like some of the best pies in Canada as well, you know. So one hundred percent, the best pie in Canada. Yeah, well, we we have humble pie here in in, in Halifax, and uh, I don't know. We have to do like a taste test. So <laughs> some of you will have to send me one of these pies, and I'll have to do a taste test and let you know. So we'll uh, definitely arrange that. We'll make that happen. <laughs> So I, I really want to thank the both of you for taking some time to hang out and uh, talk about the club that you so you know, obviously love, and it's great to see you know that um, the the roots are starting to take in in, in York and in, in Toronto for um, it's it's a cool little club, and I love the philosophy like Angus is trying to build there, you know, the the young players and trying to better them and stuff like that. So yeah, so look for the season. Um, Hopefully you finish outside the playoffs because I'm an asshole and I want the Wanderers to win stuff. So uh... <laughs> nice. <laughs> There's no reason we can't both be there. There's some guys at the top that can take a break. They, they need true. a break from the playoffs. We'll meet you at the finals. We'll meet you at the finals. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I definitely think that Forge could take a break. Uh, they've been, you know, they, they, they can do more than take a break. They've they been can doing a They've all got jet lag. They've been traveling too much. You know, just take it easy. Just hang out at home for a season. Poor, yeah, poor Forge. Poor Forge. I I really appreciate it. Uh, Take care of Ronan for me. Uh, Make sure that I just get some trouble. And uh, (laughs) I look, I I look forward to seeing the uh, the save the Tulsa Park uh, TIFO. Make sure it gets on TV. So hang it on the prison gate. That's all I have. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And you know, we'll uh, yeah, we'll we'll reach out if we make it out there this year on a on a road trip. We'll make sure we reach out. Uh, Yeah, we'll definitely go for a few points. Folks, please. Time to drink up, folks. Get out. Out to fuck.